0: This is Create the Next from Pro CFO Partners where every week we explore strategies and ideas for financial management and growth to help today's businesses put their financial picture in context.
1: Welcome back Chris Bentliff here at Create the Next with Pro CFO Partners and I've got Tom Sherman with us today and Tom. every small business owner has been thinking about PPP and the CARES Act, how it affects them, if they can qualify, uh, if they can, if they should, it feels um, frankly overwhelming sometimes. You don't know which source of information is the right one. You don't know sort of, you know who to trust or what you should be doing. What role does your accountant play? What role does your, you know, who who are the financial players? It's crazy. Can you help us make some sense out of this? What? What are you telling the clients and the customers that you work with every day? How are you bringing us all down and helping us to sort of make sense of this whole situation? <laughs> well, you, well, you hit the nail on the head. It's uh, It can be very overwhelming.
2: And, you know, as, as frequently as things were changing, every time you thought you had a, a handle on what the rules were and what the documentation was and what the opportunities was, something else changed. So, Uh, It's a crazy time, but you know the role of the the strategic CFO is to kind of sort through all that various data and find the important opportunities that are going to help the business be as successful as possible. And in in this kind of a dramatic time that we just saw and that we're still going through and trying to get through, you know, in a lot of cases, businesses, small businesses, were struggling just to just to survive, and whether they were trying to survive because they had a short runway of, of cash flow need or a long one. Um, it all depended. And, you know, you hear it overused cash is king, but the reality is for a small business, you know, they, they don't fail because they run out of revenue. Small businesses fail because they run out of cash. So trying to decipher all of this and find all the opportunities for cash flow for the business um, are kind of critical. Now the PPP, the the Paytech, paycheck uh, protection program was was the one that you heard everything about and and it was pretty straightforward how the opportunities were. There was a lot of attention focused on it, so that's where everybody kind of jumped in. But once you got through the initial application process and understood how it was supposed to work and how it was supposed to be forgiven, then there was really an opportunity for those of us in a strategic CFO role to look at the other things that were in there. Find those narrow parts where there was potential additional cash flow um, for the business, and try to you know try to take advantage of those. And and all of my clients that I work with were affected um, by a drop in revenue. Some more than others. Um, Some were in partially critical business businesses, essential businesses. Others weren't. Um, So really, it was it was for my job to get a perspective on how much of an impact each of them really had from from COVID. So I had an understanding, and then looking for items within the CARES Act that that we could exploit, and that you know could could generate some additional cash flow.
1: So let's um, dig into that a little bit because um, there's some interesting things that you shared. One is you know it's hard enough. To manage positive cash flow without the bottom falling out, it's hard enough to sort of manage revenue expectations. And I remember the golden days of January 2020 when everybody had a vision for what the next <laughs> four quarters looked like. And you know, by by March, I mean we'd never seen anything like it. But you mentioned kind of uh, investigating PPP a little bit and and having more of a strategic mindset. And I think that there's some interesting threads to pull there because one thing that we certainly don't want is for companies to leave opportunity out there to leave money on the table. So in an, it, when you talk about kind of the employee retention credit or the ERC being part of that CARES Act, I don't know that everybody understands that or if, that everybody's uh, heard about that. I think PPP is this big shining beacon, but not everybody understands the different um, aspects of what this CARES Act is and represents. Talk us through it. What are some of the things that we should be looking for or that you look for that we could be making more opportunities of? Yeah, well,
2: the you know, the, the employee retention credit, as you mentioned, was part of the initial uh, CARES Act when it came out, uh, but the challenges related to it were that it was a little bit more onerous overall. Um, the The hurdle to qualify for the employee retention credit was much higher. You had to have a, a 50% drop in gross receipts. And a lot of businesses were affected but not a lot of them may have seen 50% drops with the exception of uh, restaurants travel industry airlines you know some of those ones that were directly affected by the inability for for people to travel to go to locations but a traditional engineering services business or construction business may not have seen that big of a drop so that was one of the hurdles that made it difficult uh, another hurdle was you had to choose you had to pick either paytech Paycheck Protection Program or the Employee Retention Credit. It was one or the other. And when you looked at the amount of money that was available, the ERC had some limitations on it. It was only a maximum credit of five thousand dollars per employee. And when you compared that to the amount of wage reimbursement that you could get through the PPP program, um, you know, for a traditional company that that uh, is not using you know kind of kind of hourly type wage uh, staff. The amount of money that was available under the PPP was much higher. Um, uh, the process was also a, a little bit more convoluted. Um, for companies that were under 100 employees, it was pretty straightforward, but if you were 100 to 500, it was uh, slightly modified rules, and if you were over five hundred, it was a whole different rule on what expenses applied and, and how much money you could get back. So, you know, when when you looked at those, you know, things were confusing, and, and kind of the the one that I think that scared a lot of people away was the PPP program was administered by the Small Business Administration, and it was uh, facilitated through local banks. So. Businesses have banking contacts, and if they didn't, they could easily get a bank that wanted to help them with the process. So it was a it was a, a less scary proposition. The ERC, on the other hand, is administered by the IRS. Mm-hmm. Anytime somebody hears the IRS, you know, <laughs> whether it's true or not, the implications are uh, scary, uh, fraught with a lot of documentation requirements. Um, and the process is gonna be slow. So I think when you combined all of that, everybody just kind of looked at the two and said, a lot of attention on the PPP, a lot of focus on the PPP, it's an easier path, there's more potential money, that's all I'm gonna look at. And so the the ERC completely dropped off of, uh, you know, the viewpoint for for most of the people um, until, you know, a future revision, basically.
0: Create the Next is brought to you by Pro CFO Partners, who believe every business deserves to work with an expert CFO to guide its success. Pro CFO Partners are expert financial officers networked across industries, verticals, specializations, and situations. Fulfilling the role of a part-time CFO with all-time commitment ProCFO Partners utilizes the innovative and exclusive FGC financial flywheel as a framework that creates momentum to drive your financial functions for sustainable success. Visit ProCFOPartners.com to explore how we can implement a systematic and scalable financial system to help you achieve your goal. ProCFOPartners.com.
1: So we're in that revision. We're in sort of round two of that. What's changed? I mean, is it still... uh... Is it still as cumbersome, or do you have different <laughs> guidance now about how they've maybe learned from round one, and and it's a little different in round two?
2: Yeah, I think that I think they took some lessons from it. I mean, obviously, what they're trying to do in, in this entire process is help the small business be successful and weather the storm. And so, I think what happened is as they looked at how the ERC was developed. And the difference between the two, they said there's some some opportunities to make it more efficient. Um, so the first thing they did was that they extended it to, to 2021 for the first two quarters of 2021. Um, the prior one expired at the end of 2020. They also made the hurdles a lot less onerous. Instead of a 50% drop in revenue, uh, you only had to show a, a 20% drop. And I'm, I'm sorry, I said revenue, but gross receipts. So you only had to have a 20% drop in grocery receipts in a quarter to qualify big difference a lot more businesses now fit within that qualification they expanded the amount of the credit that was available so the original program only offered up to $5,000 of credit based on a calculation the new program offered you $7,000 per employee and for up to two quarters so in total now somebody who who has you know uh, 20 to 50 employees, instead of having a $5,000 credit, they could get up to $14,000 um, know, per employee, which is some significant dollars, especially when you're talking about short-term cash flow uh, opportunities. Um, but really, the greatest thing that they put into place was what's called an advanced credit. So they, they put a provision in there that said that instead of this being kind of a, a retroactive process where you have to wait to the end of a quarter and you know do a return and file documentation, you can apply for money in advance of when you would normally have to file that return. Yeah. And so what that did is it said it, you know the provisions were pretty simple, but it said you can go out today. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you know, and you have you've had a drop in revenue from the prior quarter. You can use that quarter to start, apply today, and uh, apply to the IRS for that money in advance of, of having to wait, um, which is a great advantage for a lot of businesses that are looking for that kind of day-to-day cash flow. That's a great opportunity for them to get it ahead of time instead of having to wait for the future. Uh, and the really nice part about that was they made it so that you could
1: you could apply easily too, which is a, which is a nice benefit. Yeah, and that's, I think, you know, one of the key obstacles has just been, um, as you pointed out earlier, just so much sort of the intimidation factor. So at this point, if our listeners are saying, well, this is great and I really need to get going on this, you know, we're nearing the end here of Q1. We're maybe in in the second half of Q1. Uh, What's some advice do you have? What's some some things I should be doing now? Is this a a cumbersome, difficult sort of thing for me to start applying? Who should I be asking? Who should I be talking to? Who in my company should be doing uh, more to help me get where I need to go uh, to make this happen for me?
2: Well, you know, the, the information gathering point um, can be, you know, from somebody as, as uh, simple as the accounting person within the organization. Kind of sorting through what has to be provided, what kind of documentation you have to save for the IRS, you know, may require somebody, you know, more senior strategic uh, CFO type role. But the reality is the actual submission process is relatively simple. The IRS created a one page document. Um, that you submit, you have to gather some payroll information and health insurance information, similar to what you had to put together for the Paycheck pay-tech, uh, the PPP program, the Paycheck Paycheck Protection Program, um, and have that available. But on the form itself, you only submit the information and no documentation. In fact, they actually say if you submit any documentation it may reject the application or delay the process. So you know there's, there's perfect, uh, perfect IRS situation for you as well. But, you know, here's a case where they, they actually don't want any documentation. Now you have to have it, you have to keep it available and, and making sure that you've sorted through it and understand it is critical to that, but the process itself is simple. The other part that's really nice is you apply today for this advanced credit and it's, it's for the wages that you've paid so far in the first quarter you can continue to apply every time you have a payroll. If you pay weekly, you can file a new form for that next week's pay to try to capture as much of that credit as quickly as possible. That's a nice change from from even the PPP where it was a single application and you were stuck with it. If you realize that you made a calculation error or or missed something and putting it together, you can't go back. It was a single application. This allows you to capture the that uh, credit money at a much quicker pace and multiple times before the end of the quarter, which is, which is really nice. Now, all that being said, the IRS can't make it completely easy. So instead of giving you the ability to email it in or even just snail mail it in, you have to fax it. And so they created a fax number. Uh, they created a fax number. And for for those of you who still have a fax machine available, congratulations. Uh, for, for most other businesses that aren't actively using the fax machine, uh, it's a challenge. But in, as you know, most, uh, most software packages, voice over IP, phone systems now have the ability to fax. You know, in a lot of cases, if, if you don't have it internally, you know, your provider, your, your CFO, um, you know, should have the ability to do it within their own programs fax it in. Um, the other thing they haven't released is what the timing is. So timing with the IRS is always a, a question. How quickly are things going to get processed? What What has been communicated is that um, the expectation with the advance credit is it will happen faster than than a typical, you know, amended return and a filing. Um, so so that's a benefit. And and the other the kind of the last part of it is even if you don't qualify for the advance credit and you can't take advantage of it, there's still an opportunity to look back retroactively to 2020 because you now can use both the ERC and the PPP at the same time, which you couldn't do initially. So, if you have wages that you didn't use for your forgiveness application. You now might be able to use those if you qualify for the ERC credit. So, the process is a little bit more onerous. You've got to file an amended, you know, uh, quarterly federal 941 return to do it. The timing's probably going to be a little bit longer because it is a amended refund that you're asking for as opposed to this advanced credit. Um, but there's still some great opportunity for it. So, uh, very important to try to. Take advantage of all of these opportunities opportunities if you can for the, for the small business owner.
1: Yeah, these circumstances are, uh, are you know, uh, they don't come very often. And so these opportunities to sort of take advantage of things that can help also don't come very often. Tom Sherman from Pro CFO Partners, just a deep dive in such a short time on this employee retention credit and kind of the CARES Act and all the different uh, moving parts and pieces and some great advice for us to get started if we haven't and dive in. Thanks so much for spending time with us this morning. I really enjoyed it. Great. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Chris.
0: Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. Visit ProCFOPartners.com and learn how we can help you build a framework for financial management and growth.